guys just to let you know um, some housekeeping and introduce you to your facilitators and speakers today. So my name is Sheila Malloy and I'm the uh, Marketing and Education Manager for Educate Plus. Um, and we're hoping that you're enjoying the webinars and SIGs that we've been offering. We've heard quite a lot of positive <coughs> feedback. Um, and at the end of the email I'll be sending out to you with the recording from this or any of the material that we have from this, uh, there'll be a really short little survey and we use the information from that to plan our future webinars. So we have quite a few in the pipeline at the moment um, and all of the content of those is based on feedback that we get from members on what they want to discuss or what they want to see. So if you could please fill that in, it'd be great, or drop me a line, uh, sheila at educateplus.edu.au. Um, just really quick housekeeping. Um, because we have so many people in on this uh, meeting and it's not like a webinar, so if you start talking, you can take over the screen. Just make sure that your mic is on mute until you wish to speak. Uh, we obviously we want this to be really interactive, um, but yeah, we, we just have to be careful that we don't end up, uh, that it becomes a dog's dinner, as they call it in Ireland. Um, so you can also put your questions in via the chat or the Q&A function. Um, we'll have a few polls during the uh, session as well that we'll get you to answer. Um, and as I said, the recording will be available afterwards. I will send an email to you all with a link. It'll be up on our website. Um, so our, uh, without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to our facilitator this morning, uh, Lara Pickering. And uh, Lara is a Queensland Chapter Committee member and her portfolio is fundraising. She's the Director of Philanthropy and Stakeholder Engagement at St. Margaret's Ang Anglican School. And she has lots of experience in philanthropy uh, in tertiary, in tertiary uh, seven years in the University of Queensland and secondary education sectors, coming up to almost three years in St. Margaret's. Um, she's very skilled in fundraising, alumni programs and partnerships. Woo! What a CV, Lara. Well done. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It's a very generous introduction. <laughs> then we also have uh, Emma Boyer from Charity, and she's going to uh, pop in at some stage to, to have a chat with us. And she's very, and when I read this, I was going, oh my God, you were a past <laughs> intern of President Clinton's. <laughs> And uh, she is very passionate about um, fundraising for uh, not-for-profits um, and she's a certified intergenerational family advisor. She joined charity two years ago, um, believing in the power of giving days to grow, give, giving and strengthen communities. So without further ado, I'm going to pass over to you, Lara, to take over. Right, thank you very much, Sheila, um, and um, welcome everybody. It's great to see um, so many faces online. Um, this is going to be a little bit different to how we originally um, conceptualised the session, obviously, because we can't all um, physically gather together, but um, we'll do our best to, to make this as much of a, a discussion and, and, you know, sharing of, of our own practice um, as we can. So. Um, just a quick one, when um, you do um, need to speak or have something to share, I might just get you to say your name and the school or organisation that you're from, um, you know, prior to, to sharing, um, just so you can keep a track of, of um, yeah, who's speaking, that kind of thing. 
Um, and I thought today, um, so we've got, I'm um, very privileged to have Emma um, from Charity um, here with me. So um, Charity are our um, Educate Plus Queensland fundraising stream partner. Um, and she's got um, some great knowledge that she's going to share as we go through as well. Um, but I thought we'd um, sort of do the, do the session, do the discussion in um, two parts. So um, we'll sort of start off with, I think, some key elements and um, considerations for um, running an annual appeal. And I think these are things that um, I've found extremely important, whether you are doing your first ever annual appeal or um, annual giving program, or whether you're looking at sort of, um, I guess, adapting or, or developing um, something that you've, you've already got um, in stream. So um, we'll, we'll cover off that and then we'll um, dive into, you know, how uh, you might refocus or, or pivot, um, you know, due to this uncertain time um, to um, keep fundraising um, through annual giving throughout um, COVID-19. So, um, I might just, I'll just start off with these, these key elements um, and then we'll sort of dive into a couple of Zoom poll questions and a bit of sharing. Um, so I think the things that um, I have found um, to be, I guess, those guiding factors or, or, or key um, things to think about when um, trying to put together a successful annual appeal, um, you know, the first thing has really been um, putting in a lot of thought about audience and segmenting your community appropriately. So, um, you know, at uh, St Margaret's, we've found that um, our highest participation rate in giving to our building fund uh, again and again is, is current parents um, and also future enrolled parents. So um, we'll often ask parents who uh, have a daughter starting here sort of within a, a three-year period. Um, and they're also um, quite good donors because they're excited to, to be joining the community. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our history has shown that traditionally our past students, our alumni, uh, do prefer to give to bursaries and scholarships um, because they're grateful for the education that they had. And, you know, that's their means of, of paying that forward and ensuring that somebody else um, receives the similar experience. So. Um, you know, we will always offer both options. Um, we do an appeal, but, you know, it's important that when you're segmenting your community, um, you're sort of putting front and centre what, you know, you think is most relevant um, to them. And it is important to be um, donor-centric. You know, I think schools sometimes, you know, will have one priority that is perhaps more important uh, than the other. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is important that both options are presented um, and the other thing is, I think it's always best to think about who is the ask uh, best coming from. So um, often in schools, that seems to be uh, the chair of foundation and the principal, um, and particularly with the parent body, we've found that an ask from the principal is probably the most effective. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about um, things like scholarships and bursaries where there is... Uh, a more obvious um, human factor behind that. Um, having a piece of communication from a um, past bursary recipient uh, can be very powerful as well uh, because they're able to share, you know, their experience around what that money actually did for them and, and how that affected their sort of life course. Um, 
it's a little bit harder in the school sector to use current students, obviously, because they're still um, under the age of, of 18. So there are some privacy uh, concerns around that. If you can use current students, great. Um, but as I said, if you can't, then using somebody who um, was a beneficiary maybe a year or two ago, but is now at university and has finished year 12, um, can be very powerful. And I did have um, an example there. It was a, a UQ um, civil engineering letter that um, was put together uh, by a fourth year engineering student and our department when I was working there. Um, I would say it is probably, um, Sheila, I'll just get you to, to share that. Um, on your screen. It is probably um, a, <laughs> a little bit wordy, um, but I, you know, I do feel that it, it does a really good job of um, basically outlining um, exactly what the benefit was um, for that student through giving. And you'll see there well, the other point on um, segmentation is that you know, you will have, if you've got um, an established annual giving program, you'll have donors who you know give um, again and again, year on year. So the actual ask component um, of what you're, you know, delivering to them um, should be different to, to that of, um, you know, a new donor that you're trying to acquire and someone who might be giving for the first time. Um, and we can send these around because I realise there is quite a bit in that. Um, and <laughs> which goes to my next point with the language was actually to keep it quite simple um, and specific where you can. Um, that letter, the language in there is quite uh, informal um, because it was written by a student and, you know, that's, that's how a student speaks, that's how it should be. Um, but, you know, you may need to sort of balance that um, with your, your school's sort of leadership's preferred language and messaging. Um, if you are putting something like that together across any platform um, for your school. Um, and I think the other main thing is really to set a goal. So, you know, annual giving um, for us here at the school is about participation and it's, you know, about um, increasing that participation, acquiring new donors. Uh, and we've in the last couple of years, um, our sort of parent participation has gone from around the 10% of the current student body, uh, current parent body rather, giving um, to 13.5%, which has been great. Um, and our, well, like many girls' schools, our past students, um, we're, we're working hard on. So we're, we've gone from about 0.8% um, to 1.5% participation in the last two years. So. You know, setting those goals, I think, really gives you something to, to work towards. So you need to think about for your organisational school, you know, what it is you're really wanting to, um, to achieve. And, you know, there, there, will also, there will always be a dollar amount um, attached to it. But I think, you know, setting um, an improvement in participation rate, goals around numbers of new donors, those sorts of things will help to, to keep, um, keep you and, and the school motivated um, with your annual giving program. So, um, I just wanted to ask uh, Zoom poll, um, has, how many of you, has your school run, organisation run an annual appeal before or is it going to be perhaps your first year? So, it's just a simple um, yes, no. So, Sheila will pop that up on oh, the screen. Wrong one, sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, jumping around a little bit. Yep, sorry. What was the poll again? Which one was this? Um, so, has your school or organisation run an annual appeal before? 
Thank yeah. you. Okay, sorry, there you go. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, almost everyone has answered. Great. So I will share the results with you now. Thank you. There you go. Do you see those? Okay. Uh, I can't see them. Can Can anybody else? I can see you, Sheila, and our, our um, audience, but not um, the Zoom call. Okay, so it's 74% yes have run okay. a, an annual appeal before, 26% no. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so um, quite a few of you have, yeah, got something established and then, um, you know, there's obviously some newcomers as well, which is great. Um, so, well, I might open up... Um, uh, now, you know, for those of you that 74% of you who have um, run an appeal before, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with the group? Anything you'd like to add around, you know, what you did that you felt made your appeal successful? Or, you know, was there something maybe that you won't do next time that, you know, was a key learning willing to, to share? Hey, hi, it's Ben Clark here. Um, I work at Launceston Church Grammar School. Um, we made a decision this year to um, just ask our current donors um, to support our annual giving campaign. Um, it, it's been out for maybe two or three weeks now. Uh, we've had a pretty good response. We did change a couple of things. We did have a building fund um, campaign to uh, do some resurre resurrection work for our chapel. We still ran that, but it was a little bit more subtle and we just focused on scholarships and bursaries as the main campaign for this year. Um, we also had a, the inclusion of um, the ability to make a donation to the school's most pressing need, which essentially is, is bursaries. Um, and I've probably had say 20 or 30 donations um, come in in the last couple of weeks, which is, which is pretty good. And, and most people have, have um, chosen to support the school's most pressing need, which is, um, mm. which is quite good. And it, it was a hard decision to, to change at the last minute with our, the campaign we had ready to go before the, the virus hit. But um, I, I think it was probably a good decision um, to just ask our, our current donors and not go out to our um, wider community. Yeah, fantastic. So, um, you know, I think what's what's great about that is you've, you know, clearly got a goal there then around retention of donors um, with your annual appeal, you know, for this year opposed to acquisition. So, yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, sharing, Ben. Anybody else got anything to add? I'll jump in here, Lara, if you can hear me okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we ran our first, I'm at uh, Brisbane Boys College, and we ran our first giving day here uh, late last year in October. So um, I started just before that. But so this will be my first annual giving at this school. Um, and I'm planning on doing, or will be doing what I did at my previous school, which was that um, still run with an annual giving mail out. Um, because that's the channel, of course, that some donors, particularly our, our older ones, uh, like they like to you know staple a check or fill in a form and post it back but um, I guess what I did was um, including the option to uh, tick a box on there that says please include this in 
Giving Day um, later in the year because I, I want my gift to be matched. Um, and um, I, I had the Giving Day uh, in previous schools uh, in May and what I found is that that really helped people action fill in that card and get it back because they wanted to make sure that uh, it got included in, in Giving Day. Um, here it's much later, it's going to be about in September, last year was October, but still giving them the option um, to feel like they're, they're doing something to be part of that and it's doubling the benefit to the school. Um, so even though it will be a um, donate now and process the gift now, they tick that box. Um, obviously in the back end, um, we use charity in the back end, I can put that in and so their name sort of pops up and they feel a part of it. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Leigh. And um, I think uh, Emma's going to touch on um, towards the end uh, when we sort of talk through some of the resources that are available for a charity, um, a bit about giving days, which, um, you know, I think another thing that needs to be considered, you know, is, your, is the mode or the channel that you're running your annual giving program through. Um, and more often than not now, it's not just, you know, one hard copy mail out, it's multiple platforms. It's, you know, um, direct, coming back to those segments, um, it's, you know, the, something for people that like the direct mail, um, something for, uh, you know, I suppose people that are more avid online users, um, which might be a giving day that provides more interaction and, and kind of gamifies and, um, giving and makes giving more competitive, um, which is great. Um, and, you know, there's, there's still then um, EDMs and, and telephone appeals as well. So I think, um, you know, you can certainly do, if you know what your segments are and who you're trying to target, then you can, you can pick the right mix of, of mediums to really um, magnify the impact of your annual giving program. Um, did anybody else have anything to add? Yep, I will. Yep. I'm Michelle. Great. Bird. I'm from Coffee School, um, Manager. Um, we've had an interesting couple of years, actually. We haven't really had, uh, the school hasn't uh, focused much on philanthropy until probably 2017. Mm -hmm. We kicked off again because it was in hiatus for quite a while. We kicked off with a giving day and then a giving week. Um, and just before I started, they actually did a mail-out campaign and got no response whatsoever. So <laughs> um, and in between the giving day and the giving week, we actually sent out our, um, uh, our magazine, which is a borer with a flap to donate, and we got one mm -hmm. donation. So we pretty quickly worked out that for us, um, mail-outs do not work. And the giving day and the giving week. We did the giving day in 2018 and the giving week last year, and they worked really well. We raised um, 520,000 in the first year and then over 600,000 in the second year. Um, but we did learn that giving week is just, oh my God, <laughs> that again. Just, you know, instead of having one day of stress, it's a whole week of stress. <laughs> and, you know, you have peaks and troughs and you end up with, you know, a good result, but you could get the same result in a day versus dragging it out across a week. So we'll never do that. But um, this year, we were going to do another a giving day this year. And what we've decided to do is because of, the, obviously, the current climate, we're a bit nervous about asking people for... Um, mm. And, and the, our giving day is just going back and the giving week have been in support of scholarships. Um, for Indigenous and um, humanitarian scholarships, so people from refugee backgrounds. And anyway, so this year we've decided that we're going to 
um, raise money for uh, to support families for fee release, so bursaries basically. Um, we haven't started the campaign, but we are going to be using charity. Mm-hmm. And um, what we've we've been a little bit uh, sneaky in that um, because you know we, we can't get um, you can't give tax deductible donation uh, tax deductible receipts to for bursaries. Uh, we've actually asked parents to provide the donation through the scholarship fund, which will free up money for bursaries. So it's sort of like a roundabout way. Um, but what we've done is, and sorry, I'm probably going on for a bit long. I'll, I'll just... No, you're fine, you're fine. Uh, what we've decided, we sent out, a, a, the principal sent out an email to all our current families saying that they would be getting a 20% discount on fees. Mm-hmm. And the communi- in that communication... Um, the principal said, if you are in a position to donate that 20% to another family, you know, that would be, you know, incredible. So um, when the fee statements come out, there'll be another communication just, and they're coming out in the next week or so, there'll be another communication from the principal, well, we're hoping, we've written the, <laughs> we've written the draft, just, just to remind parents, here's the fee statement. Um, we would love it if you're in a position to donate instead of taking mm-hmm. discounts, actually donate it to support another family. So that, that's going to be the comms to current parents. And then to grammarians and friends and staff, there'll be another communication um, which will, which will um, direct them to the charity site. And that communication will be around, you know, any, any donation you know, counts, like doesn't matter how big, how small. And we're hoping that we'll get, you know, $50, $20 and, uh, you know, a whole lot of smaller donations from our alumni, our, our grammarians and friends and supporters. So, I mean, obviously the, 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 the um, for the current parents, that preference is to get that donation through the fees because it's a, you know, it's mm. a much bigger amount. It's probably about $1,600 um, on average. Uh, whereas, you know, with the broader campaign through charity, it'll be, you know, expecting that it'll be much smaller amounts. But it also gives the opportunity for parents who don't want to forego that discount to be able to then say, well, I can still give, you know, $50 towards this the charity campaign. Um, yeah. Can I jump in there, Lara, if that's okay? It's Paul Dennett from Greenwood School. Um, I've... Um, uh, on my pet favourite topic, which I've spoken about in a couple of previous webinars, on this issue of tax deductibility um, for donations to bursaries. Um, I have an update on that for anyone who has heard me comment on this before. Um, as of yesterday, I got sign off for my principal for a charter for a new type of bursary that sits under our scholarships, bursaries and prizes DGR fund. And we have um, run through this with ProLegis and they have confirmed that our fund, our DGR fund is set up in such a way and that charter is set up in such a way that we will be able to accept tax deductible donations for um, fee relief for families who are struggling through this sudden change in their financial circumstances. there is a little bit of finessing that was required because of course you have to meet the requirement um, that at least 200,000 people should be able in principle to apply for the award. And so the, uh, the way it is constructed is that it could um, in principle, somebody who is applying for a place at the school um, and has started that process 
on expectation of being able to pay the fees, but has suddenly had an unexpected downturn in their financial circumstances um, through no fault of their own, is in principle able to access this bursary too. In practice, we think that's going to be very likely that those circumstances will come about. Um, and the reality will be that it will usually be awarded for current families who have found themselves in strife. Mm. Fantastic. Thank you, Paul. And I'm just looking at the group chat here. There was yeah, a couple of questions about that. Um, and uh, our scholarship fund, DGR status, uh, set up the same as yours um, here at St Margaret. So um, if any of you are unsure, um, I would recommend um, chatting to your um, business manager um, at the school to, to make sure that you know, you've, you've got the right status and your, your charter um, allows you to do a similar um, award process um, with bursaries if you are looking at um, going down that path. And um, Michelle, I'd love to know in a couple of weeks' time how you go with the response rate um, around parents, you know, writing back in and saying, yes, please donate my um, 20% or please reallocate my 20% discount to um, another family. So if you're happy to sort of touch base with um, Sheila um, when we get some of those stats I'm sure we'd all be um, quite interested. Well we've got um, 17 families already that have yeah. to ask to say. Okay great. Yeah and we're expecting Fantastic. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to quickly dive back to you know you mentioned um, mail outs haven't worked really for you in the past and so um, you know I think for those of you who are who haven't run an annual appeal before and you're kind of wondering whether that um, that sort of channel will work for you, um, including you know a tear out giving form with a reply paid envelope in your school magazine and an ask that way might be a good way for you to test the waters and just see what you get back without um, necessarily investing in, um, in in a big mail out. And um, as we touched on before as well with giving days, um, there is an opportunity to. Um, segment and do a much lower, um, like a, a smaller mail out, um, direct mail um, with that to complement um, that 24 hour campaign. And um, I think there is a question here about um, explaining how Giving Day works. So I'll, we might hold that over just for Emma um, from Charity to um, talk through uh, at the end there. So we might um, just jump into, because Michelle, you've touched on a good point um, about, you know, we're obviously all in some uncharted territory here with this pandemic. And, um, you know, I'm sure all of you are either in the process of re-evaluating or have re-evaluated your fundraising plans and programs for the year. Um, and, you know, the advice um, for us as fundraisers is, is to keep asking. So. We might just do a, a quick Zoom poll. Um, so Sheila, the, the question um, is, um, so in light of COVID-19, um, are you proceeding with your annual giving program as planned in, in 2020? So can I just clarify, Lara? Um, mm -hmm. There's proceeding, and then there's proceeding as planned before this, before this hit. So, uh, I presume you mean uh, are we still doing an ask, even if it's been changed somewhat, or not? Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Proceeding. Yeah. Thanks, Lee. 
Okay, uh, right people are still voting. Um, okay, I'm going to end it now. So uh, share results. And just in case you can't see that, Lara, we have 43% are going to proceed, 24% say no, and 33% are unsure. Okay, great. Thank you, Sheila. Um, all right, so the the 24% um, of you who have said no, just for a bit of discussion, please chime in. Um, you know, are you... Are you doing anything this year? Have you sort of been um, advised by your organisation's leadership to sort of um, do nothing? I guess I'm, I'm asking, is your fundraising program sort of cancelled for the foreseeable future? Is anybody finding themselves in that position? I'm happy to speak. Um, so my name's Roz Holloway. I'm from Mentone Girls Grammar in Melbourne. Um, I had a foundation. Hi, Lara and everyone. I had a foundation meeting on Monday evening and was told quite uh, sternly not to run an annual giving campaign this year. But it's partly also because we have a brand new principal, um, and she was hesitant to go out too strongly to the community, uh, particularly in light of the pandemic now. Um, but I've been encouraged just to engage to to the fullest extent possible. Um, with phone calls to requesters and uh, uh, request prospects as well, mm. um, and just to continue down that manner and um, running a number of Zoom seminars with past staff and all sorts of people, just, just sort of engaged to the maximum at the moment. I'm hoping there will be a couple of donations offered um, from those who regularly donate, but nothing formal at this stage, pretty informal. Yeah, okay, so really sort of focusing on engagement with your community. Yeah, I can't, I've kind of been given no, the choice, moment. No, cho no choice in the matter, so I'll just accept yeah. that this year and then run something <laughs> quite strong next year. Yeah, look, and, and I, you know, sometimes um, our hands are tied as practitioners um, when, when leadership does make a decision like that. Um, it, it can be hard to challenge. Um, but you know, well, a, a couple of a good a good news story, if you like, from our side of things. Um, we ran a giving day on Thursday, the nineteenth of March. So the week before, really, things got um, got got quite uh, hectic with with um, you know shutdowns and what kind of quarantining, all that kind of thing. And it was an interesting one because we had uh, a couple of uh, major gift donors who were going to be matches who, um, you know, did decide that they weren't going to go ahead in supplying their, their matching contribution because it, it just wasn't the time they could already sort of see the writing on the wall with their business, um, which was fair enough. Um, and, you know, they suggested to us that we postpone um, and hold off. And this was on the Monday um, of you know, the week that the giving day was on the Thursday. Um, but we, we'd done quite a bit of work in engaging and involving our students. Um, and this was really the first time and the first thing we'd done as a school um, where our students and teachers had really, you know, gotten involved and seen their school as a, um, a, a 
destination and a, a real cause for philanthropic giving. So we decided we'd go ahead um, and we would set a, a more modest target than we would have otherwise. Um, and I must say our community really surprised us. We um, met our $100,000 goal uh, in two hours um, and, uh, you know, then we had another $60,000 donated on top of that, which was unmatched funding from our community. So um, it, it was interesting. It was the day when the, the students here found all of their sport had been cancelled for the whole season. Um, so there were some tears over that, but um, you know what it what it did do was I think show them that people, you know, outside of the school were were really getting behind them, cared for them. So there was a nice sense of community spirit about it. I mean, I'm not saying go and run a giving day right now, um, and, and you know we we're still fortunate at that point we were able to we still had students on campus. Um, and you know that sort of the the e-learning thing hadn't come into effect yet but you know i think um you you know this our communities still need us at a time like this and um you know that that pivoting the focus to be on um engagement to be on um you know some some maybe quieter fundraising for for bursary support for existing families um you know, it can be a, a good way of, of keeping the asking going without, um, I guess, you know, appearing, um, how would I say, appearing inconsiderate. Um, and, you know, there are some things that probably are best to be put on hold, like you're probably not going to launch a new bequest society right now for obvious reasons, um, and you're probably not going to uh, launch um a brand new capital campaign but um you know there might be um, a softer way that you can still um run something annual giving related whether that is you know a story in your school magazine with the giving excerpt um or, or an edm so um michelle gave an example of what her school's doing earlier with the, the discount and, and donating that back um we've taken a slightly different approach um, here at St Margaret's. So I've just got um, some wording uh, from a letter uh, from our principal that I'll get Sheila to pop up on the screen just so you can all have a quick look. Um, so we decided um, that we would ask our, so our PNF Association run um, a range of social events throughout the course of the year. Um, and they raise funds which are typically donated to our foundation. Um, and it's typically through the building fund for, for projects. Um, so they, you know, they had um, some, some surplus funds. Um, we're not doing any new building projects this year as we're about to complete our sports precinct. Um, and, you know, they were more than happy to um, donate $50,000 to the school to kind of kickstart that um, foundation, you know, bursary effort for um, families who might need support um, due to, to COVID-19. Um, so, you know, it might even be not necessarily um, an annual, annual appeal letter um, or giving day. It, it might simply be, you know, a, a nice note from your um, principal, you know, outlining the current situation and, and where you need the support. So, um, we've raised just over $65,000 uh, for that cause. And um, that sort of ask from the principal 
will be uh, essentially our annual giving ask for this year now. Um, we won't do a, we won't do a pre June thirty tax ask. You know this will be it. So yeah. Um, so does anybody else um, have an example of you know something they've maybe um, you know executed where they've pivoted their annual um, giving program or appeal um, to, to ask for support and keep that sort of asking going through this period that they'd be happy to share. No, I might throw to um, Emma, I might throw to you quickly because you've, um, you know, you work with a lot of different schools and organisations with charity and I'm sure you've got a few um, up your sleeve there that you're able to, to share with the group. Sure. Um, so we're seeing great examples of, I guess, innovation happening within the school communities. And obviously, every pivot that every development team is doing still needs to rely back to your community and what your school stands for. So one solution for one school isn't going to be a solution for another school. And Michelle has showed how they've adapted their plans. Um, to work um, for their Caulfield community, but also to ensure they're supporting their community. And as Lara has highlighted, giving is just about the dollars, but also about participation and community spirit. And for a lot of your students and families right now, because they're not having their sport or their footy or their soccer, your community is their community spirit and they need that connection right now. So one thing that we've done at Charity and Schiller, if you're happy to share the slides now, that you, many of you on this call would have recently received via our newsletter, is that we've basically created a digitalised annual giving um, solution for each of you that has um, is super simple to set up and it really is donor centric. So if we can just move to the next two slides, um, what we have learned from speaking to our schools is that yes, sending out direct mail um, works for a certain segment of your school community and it's still essential in generating income. But for a lot of your younger alumni or your current parents, they're looking for something that's a bit more innovative and a bit more revitalizing your existing appeal whilst complementing traditional methods of fundraising. So our Giving Day platform is uh, free for all our school partners. It's customly built for schools and school specific. So it is about participation and donations and community spirit. It's custom branded, it automates receipts. Um, it gives you live dashboard feedings for you to understand what's coming in and how it's coming in. You can allocate funds to bursaries, scholarships, building or special projects and it accepts recurring donations as well. So it's a great way to reduce a lot of the administrative costs that schools and administrative teams find on um, monthly donations or pledges. The main focus of what we've really done, and Sheila, if you can move to the next slide, please, is that we focus on the donors. Too often when you click on a donate button on a school page, you're redirected often to the exact same page that you're paying your school fees. Um, and it's a pretty simple form, which has a point to play when you're paying the school fees. But when you're a donor and you're making a donation, you wanna feel great about yourself. You want that instant gratification when you make that donation, especially in these hard times to know that your donation is making a real difference to the school community that you're supporting. So we have, um, I guess, maximised the knowledge that we've learned from our giving days working with schools of what school community wants. So there's donor walls, there's opportunities to share on social media, um, there's donor goals, not just donation goals, so that plays on the participation. And there's also an option just to write messages of support. So I know a lot of schools are being commended at the moment and follow many of you on Facebook on just how the school community has come together to digitalise your learning. And it's about 
about celebrating all that in your annual giving, not just asking for money. Um, so this is a great platform that uh, easy to set up, available for all our school partners, free of charge for 2020, and it's something many of you um, should consider going forward. Great, thanks, Emma. Um, and you know, I I think um, those messages of support are incredible. They were were something I know with the the giving platform that Charity provided for us that were. Um, yeah, really well received um, and in making a lot of the donor thank you calls, you know, that was the feedback we, we got was that they felt like giving on the day, they were a part of the, part of the community um, and that it was an active community and so, you know, the, the annual giving platform charity hub there as well um, is, is, yeah, fantastic service. Um, I just wanted to, uh, you know, touch on, I think sometimes with annual giving, you know, and there can be a cautiousness from leadership where, you know, they they might feel like, oh, you know, we can't ask our community because there's this major disaster going on and, you know, even if they would normally give to us, they, you know, they, they'll give to, to that other cause at the minute, you know, we won't be high on their priority list. So um, I was actually reading um, a, an article in the fundraising and philanthropy, um, the latest magazine around um, the bushfires, which at the moment does not seem like it was at the beginning of this year. Um, and I know there was some commentary from some parents um, in our community at the beginning of this year, you know, oh, well, can we be asking with, um, you know, these bushfires going on? Surely everybody will be giving to that. Uh, and the research actually does point to that, you know, at times of disaster, people who are donors, um, so, you know, people, I'm not talking first-time givers, I'm talking people that are regular donors, do tend to expand um, their giving to give something extra to the immediate crisis while continuing to support, you know, the causes that are close to their heart, which... Um, you know, is your school, is your organisation. So, you know, it is worth keeping that um, in mind. And I think that you can still make an ask um, and uh, certainly do a good job of acknowledging what else is going on. And um, we, somebody here at the school who's a donor to Young Care, which is a not-for-profit charity, received a, a letter at the beginning of 2020 um, during the bushfires. And um, I've just scanned that, um, Sheila, it to pop up on the screen just to share. Um, excuse my highlighting on it. Um, but I just thought it was, you know, the wording was really, um, really great. Um, it, you know, acknowledged the, the current challenge. Um, it, you know, made the person who was a regular donor to that organisation, um, you know, feel comfortable that, Young Care still needed, you know, their support to continue their work in 2020. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's the thing about our organisations. Um, you know, there's still um, important work to do and we're still very much um, a, a legitimate, um, legitimate cause worth donating to, um, regardless of what else, you know, is happening. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I thought the, the wording on that was... Um, was quite great and you know it really uh, does demonstrate um, impact as well which is key. 
Okay, so look, I think um, the only other thing I, I really had to say on the, the topic of annual giving, and then we might go to sort of final questions and comments, um, was that uh, it was a final note on stewardship, really. Um, I think, you know, sometimes annual giving can uh, get put down the bottom of the, the to-do list in terms of stewardship because um, you might have other priorities at the moment where people are making major gifts, you might have a bequest society, you might have a capital campaign, and because those things often yield a higher dollar value, um, they may seem more important to focus your time and energy on um, in your leadership's eyes. Um, and, you know, the more bespoke the stewardship uh, for, you know, those higher level donors, uh, often the more time it does consume. But I think it's important that we don't neglect stewardship um, of our donors, of our annual giving donors. Um, you know, annual giving programs are really the pipeline for any future campaigns that you might be running. Um, they're a pipeline for major gifts and they're often uh, a great source for major gift prospects. So, you know, going through after you've had um, you know, a few years of annual giving under your belt and looking at who those regular donors are, um, often you know, before somebody makes a major gift, they will make a number of annual donations just to sort of test out your organisation and test out how they um, might be treated and engaged with before they sort of make a, a larger commitment. Uh, so, you know, finding ways to thank them um, is extremely important. Um, finding ways to demonstrate their impact is extremely important. And, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, onerous. So, um, you know, a couple of things we do. Um, I call and thank every donor that makes a donation to the school. Um, donations of, well, donors who get $1,000 or more will get a handwritten card from the principal thanking them. Um, and then, you know, you can also do things like, um, so we do an annual um, EDM at Christmas time, which talks about the impact from each of our programs and, and, and donors and what's been achieved. So they'll receive that too. Um, and you might even do something like, uh, you know, in your school magazine, uh, look at a, a donor who has supported the school for, you know, a huge amount of time. So I'm thinking, um, you know, we have a donor who's given every year for the last 10 years and she just, each time she receives her school magazine, she sends back a check in the, in the post in the reply paid envelope. Um, so I might be profiling somebody like that um, and, and sort of um, bringing their their regular support and generosity, um, holding them up as a bit of an exemplar to the rest of the school community if they're happy for you to do that. So um, I'll, st I'll stop there. And um, yeah, did anybody have any uh, final questions or, or anything they'd like to, like to share with the group? I have something to add, please. Yeah, go for it, Emma. Yeah. Um, sure. A lot of people, um, I'm looking at the comments on the right-hand side of my screen, and a lot of yeah. people have had conversations in regards to DGR status, bursaries, yeah. and how you can re-review your current um, trust mm -hmm. where you raise money right now. And on the 15th of May, Charities partnering with ABL, um, who's a large legal firm in Australia who works mostly and well, works a lot with independent schools and not-for-profits. Mm -hmm. Joey Bernstein, one of their senior partners, will be joining Peretz, our director at Charity, um, in a conversation to really um, add some insight and expertise on this. Joey not only has a wealth of experience as a lawyer, but is also an executive member of Mount Scopus College in Victoria. So he comes to the conversation both with a legal brain and with um, 
had a knowledge of the operational elements of the school and the frustration sometimes the foundation may feel towards the executive when you're told not to fundraise during these times or to fundraise in these mm -hmm. times. So it should be a really engaging and educational conversation and we'll be sharing more information with that shortly. Fantastic. And Emma, while um, we, I've got you as well, we, um, I did promise we'd circle back to that question um, from the, the chat on the cyber page earlier around, you know, how does a giving day actually work? Um, so would you mind just giving a, a Sure, I'll give a high level sentence. Um, a giving day in short is a 24 hour fundraising challenge that activates and inspires your whole school community of alumni, current students, current families, past parents, and um, everyone really in your school community to get involved with the act of giving. It's about celebration, not just about donor dollars. And it's where we leverage existing money from matches or corporate partners to leverage those individual gifts to inspire a crowd to give. And that crowd is your school community. So if you're a $10 donor who gives in support of your school's giving day, that donation is often multiplied um, by the backing of those major donors or corporates that you have pre-secured by the game. So as Lara said, it does gamify giving. It is exciting. It is a celebration for the school community. And it's an awesome way to engage alumni, engage new donors, and just to start the act of giving with your students. For many schools, we hear um, that they're just trying to start that conversation about giving with their current students. And what St Margaret's did and Lara did was an amazing way of getting your current students involved with giving and for giving to be something that's fun and exciting, um, like Sports Day, not just something that you click a donate button um, on your page. So the real success of a giving day is what you do with the information and the data afterwards. And I think how Lee highlighted that this year in her annual appeal, she still has a tick box to support the giving day is because a lot of donors love to support a giving day um, because they like to see their donation match. Uh, so it's important that um, you still give them that opportunity in that point of contact. And for that school, it was earlier um, prior to their giving day. So happy to chat more about giving days and share examples. Um, but now to you, Lara. Right, thanks, Emma. All right, did, did anybody have any final questions that they've got for um, the group, myself, Emma, um, before, we, before we head off? No, everything's very cool. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you all um, for joining us this morning. Um, and uh, thank you, Sheila, for um, being at the helm there with the controls. That's uh, this being my first Zoom webinar slash meeting discussion um, has certainly made it um, yeah, a lot easier. So thank you very much. And thank you, Emma, um, for joining us on behalf of charity um, this morning. So um, I believe this has all been recorded. Um, yes. we yeah. will get will be available um, on the website today or tomorrow. Fantastic. Um, and look, if you uh, if you do have any um, questions or you'd like to um, reach out to myself or somebody else in the group by Sheila, perhaps um, if there was something that someone said you'd like more information on, then yeah, please um, shoot me an email, shoot Sheila an email and um, we'll do our best to, to connect you. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much. And um, I hope you all uh, enjoy the long week ahead. And yeah, thanks for joining. Yes, well done. Thank you very, very much, Lara and Emma. That was fantastic. Um, watch out for a, an email in your inbox, guys. I'll send you a link to the recordings and everything else that we shared today. Feel free, as 
Lara said, drop me a line if you need any more information or you have any questions or suggestions on other webinars that um, content that we need to cover. Thank you all very much. Have a great day, everyone. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.